We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough step back. Gets up the shot. Banks This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. Coming to you live Wednesday, September 7th. We're brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. Probably sounds funny because I got this big old retainer thing in my mouth. (laughs) Bear with me, please. I'm trying my best. I'm joined by my guy, J.D. Silva, tonight. Hello. Just the two-man game, Silva. Everyone bailed on us. Yep. That's the fallout of having all six of us on the show on Sunday, as everyone bails on tonight. Uh, life comes at you fast, as they say. It definitely does. <laughs> um, not a, and it wasn't even a Sunday show. It was a Monday show. It was only been yeah. two days. Yeah. Not a lot of content. Not Nothing a lot really at all. changed. No. Ready for the season to start. Month, month away-ish until things start happening. Yeah, we're less than a month away until the first preseason game. We are just a few weeks away from training camp and media day, uh, where we'll start to get a lot of extra content. Speaking of training camp, the Oklahoma City Thunder, majority of the Oklahoma City Thunder, appeared out, I think it's in California. Um, I'm not quite sure where they were at. Um, but at pickup run with the guard whisperer who has his own facility, works with a ton of NBA players and they all met up. Um, I don't really know how it got put together, but almost the entire Thunder roster out, uh, working out together, training together, uh, playing some pickup run together. Uh, coach Dagnault was there. New assistant coach Chip England was there. I think like 12 or 13 Thunder players were there, which was kind of interesting to me, Silva, because there were other NBA players there, like Evan Mobley. Just a really random But there was like no other Cavs players. No, it was just Evan Mobley. There was like... uh, The PP man, Peyton Pritchard. Fast PP himself, Peyton Pritchard. (laughs) 
there was a a king there. Yeah, it's one of the guys from the Blazers who, from a back a back picture, I thought was Shaden, but was so not Shaden. Greg Anthony, Greg Joseph, a Greg, perhaps. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, just a really random. I was trying to like decipher in my head. Okay, like, did they go to school together at any point in time? How did that work? No real so, connection that I could figure out. Yeah. Um, lots of random folks, but then like the entire Oklahoma City Thunder were yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can watch the full 20 minute pickup run. Uh, the, the, it's not like all the pickup run cause it played all day, but like highlights. the, the highlights, um, on the guard whispers YouTube channel. Um, it's about 20 minutes and it's interesting because the team that pretty much wins every game is Shay's team, which is five thunder players. I believe it's Shay Poku. J Dub, they might have swapped some players out here and there. Yeah, and then Trey the other team point. who won a game and then played against Shay's team was Lou, Josh. Um, I think JRE was on that team. Maybe Jerry was on Shay's team. Yeah. Um, but it was five Thunder guys on one team, five Thunder guys on another team, and then the third and fourth and fifth pickup team uh, were just random NBA dudes. Uh, some of them probably not even NBA dudes, but uh, just a random collection of folks. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was almost served as like a a mini training camp for the Thunder in the way, a, a time for them all to get together um, and just just play together and, and start to build that chemistry. I w- this sounds crazy that we're going to break down some pickup run at the Guard Whisperers gym. I do think there's some important things we can take away from this. I think there's some things we can decipher, some things we can work through. So I wanted to uh, to just dive in. Where Where's the first place you want to start here? Well, I think uh, right away, something I did not notice that you said when you were introing this segment is that Chip England was there. Uh, any Really, any mention of Chip England at this point, I'm like, well, hell yeah. I'm sure he's there in Josh Giddy's ear telling them what to do. And uh, lo and behold, some of those highlights were Josh shooting threes. But um, no, my my takeaways kind of changed as the video went on. At first, I was just like, damn, I wish Evan Mobley was on the Thunder because <laughs> he was yeah. doing some pretty exciting stuff. Uh, Shea was like, looked dom- I mean, it's, it's all highlights, but Shea like, looked dominant uh, throughout the, like you said, Shea's team won a bunch when they were out there. Um, Shea just looks like, really really comfortable and good and especially going into the low post and mid-range area like anything he threw up was going in yeah let's let's talk about that for a second because one of the big things that jumped out to me was in all of the run i would say well over 50 percent of the shea highlights were post-ups post-ups on smaller guards um backing them down and doing that like fadeaway jumper um rising over the top of guys turning around and giving a head fake and an up and under like these mm-hmm. really crafty moves. Um, but Shay was spending a lot of his time in, in that video in the post. And so that brings up a question for me, which is, is this just Shay doing shit in a pickup game? Or is this something he's been working on this off season? Uh, typically when we see Shay offensively, especially when he's ISOing offensively, one of three things is happening. He's breaking his man down off the dribble and getting to the basket. 
he is making a move, uh, a step back, a little lean in and, and pushes defender, uh, a sidestep, whatever, and doing a little midi pull up. Or he's doing a step back or a sidestep three. Is he trying to add a new element to his game, which is this post up stuff? I don't know, uh, but I'm interested in how you felt about watching Shea take so many post up possessions in that. Yeah, um, I do think Shea's the kind of player that every single offseason he is working to add something new to his game. Last offseason, uh, we kind of heard about him adding the step back three to his game, and we saw him test the waters on that uh, all season long, uh, despite low efficiency didn't really matter. The Thunder are a growing team and you do things that you need to grow in. And he did that all season long. Um, if this is something that he is working on in the off season and he's going to actually add to his game, this is something unlike step back threes that I think could lead to like more efficiency and better offensive possessions for Shea. If, if he finds the right matchup to do that against. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, he's always trying to get stronger. He's six foot six. Yeah. We've got crazy long arms. Like mm-hmm. he is bigger than a lot of the other guards uh, that would guard him. Now teams put like forwards on him and wings on him to guard yeah. him. But as far as just guards, he can take advantage of that. And that's what he was doing against guys like Peyton Pritchard in this mm-hmm. pickup run. I'm interested to see if, if, when we get to regular season basketball, if we see this as well. Yeah, it's just like another gadget in the utility belt that he could use. If he ends up getting a smaller guy matched onto him, that's just one other thing he can do if he can't drive by him. 100%. Um, but like you mentioned, Shea just looked dominant. He was trash talking. He was in control of the entire game, doing some really nice stuff. Um, nothing to, to deter me from my Shea's an all-star this season. Uh statement that i've made on this podcast so i'm I'm ready to invest um, in that take heavily let's let's move on to another guy let's just go like guy by guy here Mm -hmm. yeah um who's the next guy you want to talk about i don't want to go right into the main person i want to discuss here let's talk about like lou dort let's give a little let's give lou a little little love got long hair looks cool looks like the predator yeah the yeah the alien the scary alien not like uh not a predator (laughs) the predator very stark difference there i know lou Lou looks awesome uh looks like he's incredible shape like all these other guys look he looks Uh, buff looks really buff uh took a bunch of threes i mean again highlights we're talking about here but uh, his shot looks good Mm -hmm. uh release looks quick he shoots it uh very very high still Mm -hmm. uh gets a lot of lift on that shot but again we didn't see the entire run so we don't know if these guys are missing 10, making one. Mm-hmm. But a lot of what Lou was doing was jump shots. Yeah. And I think we talked about this a lot. If Chet is on this team, Lou is kind of relegated to being a spot-up shooter. But Chet's not on this team. And so I wonder if they're going to ask Lou to do more offensively, uh, still try to fit him into a role. But I thought the jumper looked nice. He just, he looks like he's going to be a physical freak. Yeah, that's a good point about Chet, about his role changing a bit or maybe not changing with Chet being out. I think we, last year he had, his usage rate was probably a lot higher than any of us wanted uh, for just an average in his career. 
but with Chet being out, you might be right. Like he might be doing more off the dribble stuff than we had anticipated. And he, I mean, he's proven he can do that and he's confident doing that. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite parts of the entire 20 minute video is whenever Lou's team and Shay's team go against each other and Lou has to guard Shay. We've always talked about how much fun that matchup has to be in practice, like watching it. And they got to do it and, and it was on camera and it was, it was pretty awesome. It's a, a bucket versus a lockdown guy uh, yeah. and a matchup you don't ever get to see because they're on the same team. So it was, it was, that was pretty cool to see. Anything else on Lou? You move on to Poku, perhaps? Poku. Poku was in a lot of videos and not doing anything. No. Uh, the, the, the few things that he did would be like immediately catch a pass and throw it to someone else. Um, maybe he'd finish a play. Uh, he had a couple of nice passes. I will yeah. give give Poku this. And like the two highlights of him splashing a three, the release is crazy fast. Like, and watching mm-hmm. it, I was that jumped off the screen to me. I was like, oh, he got that up quick. Like it was catch and out. It was yeah. it was pretty impressive. Which is good for him because a lot of times there's a big wind up and it just yeah, really and a lot awkward. of times he like he dips it low and that kind of shoots it from his chest. Yeah. So I wonder if they're trying to speed up that process a little bit, get that form a little bit more crisp. Mm-hmm. Um I mean he looks big. He looks big. We didn't see him. It's probably a good probably a good thing we didn't see him do anything like insane. Uh, I guess if he did, that'd be in the low lights video that they have uh in their back pocket. But yeah, nothing to complain about. Yeah. A few nice passes like he just needs to put his fingerprints on the game. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times he doesn't do that. It's going to be interesting. I, I think we've seen some stats this summer about his defensive impact. I'm interested to see if he continues to make that impact. And if he can become a more consistent defender at the NBA level, I think that would, that would go a long way for him and his development. Yeah. Uh, who, who is next? Should we, you we should talk about Jade? Josh. Yeah. Let's go with Josh. What did you see from him? Um, I saw a jump shot that looks cleaner. Uh, that's what I was thinking too. I didn't know if I was crazy, but that, I mean, we saw him play in summer league just a couple months ago and this shot looks better than that. There's not that weird kind of shoot and land with one foot in front, no. you know, kind of that lunging shot. Yeah. It looks more stable. Um, there's not that kind of strange, like load up and shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks way more fluid. It looks more organic. Um, it looks more structured. Yeah. I know those two things kind of go against each other. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't look like he's going through a process. Yeah. But the form looks more fluid uh, and more, I guess, regimented is the right yeah. way to put it. It, it. it looks similar every time he shoots it. Mm-hmm. And not like leaning forward on the shot, I think is really important for him. And so I'm glad that wasn't present in that video. Besides that, he's just a big dude. Like huge. We've talked about it multiple times, but listed at like six seven, six eight, probably closer to six nine, six ten. Like yeah, he his, is. Uh, he is a very tall guy. His size really popped out to me whenever J Dub, who is already a pretty big dude, would be matched up against him, like trying to take him off the dribble, and J Dub would just like fit in Josh's shadow. Like it, Josh is just a huge, huge human. I'm interested. We saw Josh guard guards last year. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we start seeing him guard more forwards, more wings this year. 
Yeah. Uh, at that size, putting on that weight, he can legitimately guard like most fours in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which super exciting when we, I've also had that conversation about J-Dub. Well, is that the guy we're going to next? I think it has to be. We've held off for too long. It just got better and better as the video went on. I had only seen, somebody posted like half the video on Twitter. That's all I had seen until you told me tonight before the show started, hey, you should probably watch that video. And I was like, well, I watched it all. And I realized it was 20 minutes long, not 10 minutes. And boy, were those final 10 <laughs> minutes full of J-Dub highlights. <laughs> it's hard not to get excited. And he looked it's at the, really he looked hard. At the camera. Yeah, he was like, what's up or whatever. Yeah. It was cool. Um, he knows. He knows we're out here. What What about his highlights jumped out to you? I mean, it's just more, it's more of, it's. it was like confirmation bias, kind of, like the idea of J-Dub, like dunking the ball a ton, hitting step back threes, uh, driving and making like really smart passes, all that was on display and just made me really excited for whatever role he gets this season, which I, I hope is a lot of, hope is a lot of minutes. To me, it was a lot of versatility. Mm-hmm. He hit ISO threes, he hit catch and shoot threes. He got out in transition, dunked the ball, cut, made good passes. Mm-hmm. He can do anything you need him to do. Yeah, did everything. Like, uh, I don't want to say it. <laughs> I don't want to say it. Look, it's September 7th. Nothing you say now will be held against you. I've made the Mikhail Bridges comp. Mm-hmm. Right? You're going to make something, some other comp that's insane? Yeah. <laughs> I think size wise, everything for him kind of lines up with McHale for me. Yeah, but he's yeah. more offensively gifted um than McHale and probably less defensive than McHale. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's gonna be this guy. I'm not saying he's anywhere close to what this guy is. Can I guess? Yeah. Jalen Brown. That's who I was going for. Oh god. That's a good I, I was, It's the off course. the it's the off the dribble stuff that kind of reminds me of because Jalen Brown's just huge and does a lot of his damage right off the dribble and like barrels into a guy and gets any shot he wants at any time. And it's kind of seems like with J-Dub's size and length that he can do similar things, obviously not at the same volume or efficiency um, until we see it. Jalen Brown is six six two twenty. Yeah. Whereas the other Jalen Williams, mm-hmm. why is he not popping up on a, Basketball reference. Is he not here yet? Might not be. We could find it. A-A-Y-L-E-N, right? Uh, no, J-A-L-E-N. Oh. Sure you're a fan? Is six six one ninety five. So about 20 pounds lighter. And it's no, it's noticeable. Like, he, he does look like lanky. He, he looks thinner, but yeah. the long arms. Uh, he's got the build of McHale. Mm-hmm. He's got a little bit of the style of game of Jalen Brown. It's like the know. surprise explosiveness. Like Jalen Brown gets off the floor very quickly, and I feel like mm-hmm. J Dub does the same thing. I don't think J Dub is going to be as explosive as an athlete mm-hmm. as Jalen Brown is. Um, but man, like we talked Sunday, who is the guy that the Thunder can go trade for, kind of like Donovan Mitchell, and, and not like the player Donovan Mitchell, but like the trade for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. I'm not completely convinced that the wing shooter 
lockdown guy that they need, that we presume they need, isn't already on the roster. Yeah. I think in if you look a little closer at that comparison between J-Dub and like Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown has had to learn and try very hard to be a reactive or a proactive passer. Uh, it, it's been, it was up until like this season. Um, and even then there's still, I've read Zach Lowe's 10 things articles over and over and over again of Jalen Brown making the right pass often, but not always. And, and missing, missing passes like they're slightly too early, slightly too late. Obviously J-Dub is not as like talented as maybe not as raw. doesn't have the raw talent that Jalen Brown has, but if, if what he lacks is in his basketball IQ instead, I'm feeling pretty good about about that. So um, Nick and and Taylor and I did this on a show a week ago, a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. where we looked at 538's uh, 2023 NBA player projections. Yeah. They use a whole bunch of different stats. It's a neat tool. It's hard to look at rookies with this because we don't have much stats with rookies. Um, but when you look at Jalen Williams, J-Dubs, top 10, it's guys like Jeremy Lamb, Devin Vassell, Paul George, Zach Levine, Contavious Caldwell Pope. Um, some impressive names in there. Yeah. And and guys that are like similar build to him. I just, part of me just thinks that this is a guy who was a late riser in the draft. All the Thunder fans were rightfully obsessed with Chet, your number two pick. They kind of put J-Dub on the back burner. This kid was taken in the lottery. Mm-hmm. He was taken at number 12. Um, he's this rangy, super rangy, versatile, pass dribble shoot, good defending wing that I think is going to be able to seamlessly fit in with guys like Shea and Josh. I don't know, dude. I just, we, we, we talk about JDub so much on this podcast. I really think he's going to start this season. Like, not to, to begin the season, he won't be a starter, but mm-hmm. I think he will make his way into the starting lineup. I really do. You think that's going to be ultimately due to like an injury? And I think he, he's going to earn the, earn the opportunity. Who do you think he would be over? You think Dort? No, I think Baisley is going to start this year. And I think he's going to end up surplanting him at that spot. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. And that, that goes along with our conversation we had about Josh and Josh potentially guarding fours. Jada mm-hmm. potentially guarding fours. If you have both those guys out there, you can run a Shea, Dort, Josh, J-Dub, and then whoever at center, I'm guessing JRE in that case, you can run that lineup and like feel okay. 100%. You know, it's, um, that's a super versatile, super long kind of switch everything type of lineup. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I feel really good about where J-Dub is at watching those highlights justified. Obviously I didn't see the whole game. He could have mm-hmm. sucked. Yep. But from what we saw, really just encouraging to me. Um, I love his mindset. I love the type of, of person he is. I think everything's kind of lining up for him just to be like very successful. Yeah, I think my only question about his game coming in is like, and this is not even about him necessarily, more about of the team structure and Dagnall's plans. How many, how many shots is he actually going to take every game? Yeah, no, that's fair. I wonder about that. Um, if we look back at like, let's say last year's draft class, um, the one NBA draft, that's going to take me just a second to pull this up. Yeah. Um, 
in that same range was like James Book Knight, Josh Primo, Chris Duarte. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy like Duarte took, uh, what can I see per game? Let's just go to Duarte's personal basketball reference page. Last season, he took um, 11.3 field goal attempts a game. I don't think J-Dub is going to be there. I think it's going to be closer to like seven or eight. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. But I could see him, another older guy, like kind of like Duarte was. Uh, I could see him coming in and having like a similar impact. Yeah, 100%. I think he's, he's going to be a big reason why our bench is able to sustain itself, I think, which we did not have a lot last year. Uh, a lot of times the bench, if, the, if Shea and Josh were off the court, things did not look great. And I think he could be a big reason why things look better. Yeah, um, if he doesn't, earn a starting spot at some point, I think he's the leading minutes guy off the bench. Yeah. I'm over over uh, Kenny Hustle, over Trey Mann, mm-hmm. over Mike Muscala, over whoever, over Poku. I think he's going to be the, the leading minute getter off the bench for this team. Yeah, he just has a lot to offer. Yeah. So much, he's a lot to offer for the team. And as much as I like Trey, uh, he is right now just a microwave scorer and doesn't do a ton on the other side of the ball. I think just Jada right out of the gate can can do more. Yeah. Speaking of Trey, mm-hmm. what'd you think about him in the, in these runs? Didn't see like a didn't see a lot, honestly. I feel like I saw him hit some threes. Shot looks great. Always has always looked great. Uh, I don't remember much else from Trey. I don't feel like he he stood out a ton. Yeah, just the shooting. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of uh, like really big shots. Um, really really impressive shots. Mm-hmm. I. I'm hopeful that he gets run with Shea and Josh this year uh, so we can see how those two operate with floor spacing. Like yeah. if you had a lineup at the, out there that was Trey Mann, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Jalen Williams, Josh Giddy, Mike Muscala. Yeah, or like, I guess or JRE. Like Mike mm-hmm. would give you better opportunities from three. but that That's just a lot of spacing and a lot of like drive and kick opportunities that I think would be really beneficial for guys like Shay and guys like uh, Josh. Speaking of um, one thing that also I noticed Silva was Shay set a lot of screens. Did you notice that? I did not. Shay, there was like five or six possessions where Shay mm-hmm. was like screening for somebody else. Is he going to do that? when this team is playing the Chicago Bulls and they're within six points with five minutes to go in the game. Who knows? Who knows? But I think Shea operating as a screener is a very interesting wrinkle. I wonder if that was just him doing shit in a pickup game or if that was, Hey, let's try this out a little bit and see if we can build something here. Uh, Kind of a directive from, from coaching and uh, just Shea expanding his game. That would, be, that would be a really nice wrinkle to have whenever this team is truly competing for a playoff spot or are in the playoffs. If you could bring something like that out, I think that could really vary things up for the offense. Uh, mm-hmm. I know a lot of guards I hear are, are tasked with doing that and maybe don't do a great job. They could be undersized for it. Uh, Steph Curry's like the biggest one who who does it a lot and has a ton of success with it. Uh, Shade, much different type of player, but is bigger and I think it can have a lot of positive impact with that. Definitely. Anything else from this pickup run you want to talk about? 
JR Reed just looks like he's in great shape still. Mm-hmm. Had some really impressive moves. Had like an up and under move. Mm-hmm. Had a really fancy reverse. Yeah. Sometimes uh, I was shoot. like, I had, to, I had to like double take because I didn't think that was JRE because of the way he was moving. And it was. Yeah. Uh, very impressive from him. Uh, Kenrich Williams was there. Yeah. Locked uh, up fast PP on a possession. I saw. Yeah. He was, he was just dogging people, yeah. raw dogging them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, who else? So, Aaron Wiggins. Uh, I saw him take a couple shots. He shot a lot. Uh, I yeah. also noticed that they had Wiggins guarding bigger guys. Mm. Kind of, to me, I was like, oh, are they leaning into Wiggins at the four type of could stuff? Be, could be a way for him to get minutes. Yeah. Um, Usman ran in like one game, I think. Oh. Matched up with Evan Mobley. Yeah. And didn't look that small. Mm-hmm. And Evan Mobley's a pretty big dude. Yeah. That was my big takeaway about Usman was he looked the same size as yeah. Evan Mobley. He's big. Yeah. yeah. I saw Evan try and back down JRE on one possession and just JRE did not move at all. Yeah. I like saw Evan still... try to back down Shea on one possession and it did not go well. Yeah. But Evan again, that's, that's shot, all the highlights, but... right? Right. Right. Yeah. They're not going to show us defensive highlights in a pickup game. That just doesn't happen, you know? Yeah. Fun. Uh, nonetheless, fun little nugget in the offseason, especially if yeah. we find out that like coaches were more involved with scheming things up. Like, hey, Andrew try and guard bigger guys this game or Hey, Josh, take more spot up threes this game. You know, things like that. Shay screen more. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know who organized it, but I, I just, I think it's really cool that all the thunder guys were out there. Yeah. Silva, maybe my biggest takeaway after watching that 20 minutes, all I could think of was, damn, I wish Chet was running. Damn. Yeah. I wish Chet. I mean, he yeah. would have looked insane in this. He would have. I mean, he, we would have been, been blocking everything. We would have been able to see Chet versus Evan. Exactly. Uh, like I, I just, I think Chet would have looked crazy in mm-hmm. this run. Like it would have had the internet buzzing with Chet hype. Uh, just really, really, really unfortunate. Yeah, and other side of that coin, nothing is going to feel better than the night we get to see Chet play an NBA game. Yeah, it's uh. A year, year from now, and however long it is. But. I wonder if he'll play summer league next year. Yeah, I don't know. I've thought about that. Like, are they just going to? They brought him, J Dub, Usman, and then whoever they get, presumably in the lottery next year, yeah. to summer league. Holy crap, we're going to have fun in Vegas. Yeah, I kind of wonder if they just want to be extra careful and they just don't play him in anything. I don't know. If he's healthy by then, I mean, you got to play him. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't shy away. Can't be scared. You know, I've had people tell me like, why did they have him playing in that pro am? That was dumb. I'm like, man, he's playing pickup every single day. Games like what we are have been talking about for the last half hour happen all the time. Exactly. The pro am went on for like five minutes before Chet hurt his foot. Mm-hmm. Like, if he was healthy, he would be at this run right now with these guys playing all afternoon. You know, it can yep. happen anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's just unfortunate that it happened on a pro-am game where everyone was watching, right? That that was more for entertainment than for training purposes. Yep. All right, Silva, you want to tell the people who's sponsoring the show for the week before we move on to part two? Oh, yeah. If I can find that. There we go. What's up, Thunder fans? This is Jacob from the Uncontested Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best Thunder swag available. Just visit cottonbureau.com 
and search the Uncontested Podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C-O-T-T-O-N-B-U-R-E-A-U.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man Step Back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design and the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to cottonbureau.com and search the uncontested podcast to get your new Thunder gear today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are back. So, but to close out this show, this is going to be a real long one. Um, I wanted to talk about Bobby Marks of ESPN dropped an article on ESPN Plus today uh, titled Ranking the Teams That Control the Future of the NBA Draft. And basically the crux of his article is lots of teams have traded uh, lots of picks for players. He lists in the past three years, these players have been traded. Anthony Davis, Paul George, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Drew Holiday, James Harden, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, Malcolm Brogdon, Rudy Gobert, and Donovan Mitchell. That's a ton of All-Stars in three years. He then ranks teams based off the draft capital that they currently have uh, moving forward and, and how much of the future NBA drafts they control. And, uh, to me, that's two things. That's like how much of the draft do you control and how many quality assets to make a move do you have? Bobby Marks ranks the Utah Jazz number one. Um, they have six of their own seven first-round picks. They have three unprotected picks from Minnesota, three unprotected clip picks from Cleveland, a top five protected from Minnesota, uh, the least favorable of a Brooklyn-Houston-Philly pick in 2023, and swap rights uh, with Minnesota and Cleveland in two years. It's a lot of picks, 14, 14 firsts. Do you agree with Bobby that Utah is the number one team with like the future draft capital? I think it's fair to say 
that they have the most, uh, it, it is factual. Uh, well, the more I think about it, my first takeaway was like, okay, Utah is earlier in their rebuild. They just started tearing it down. Therefore, they're going to have more picks, more draft capital than Oklahoma City. The Thunder have traded away some of theirs and made some selections. Right. And you they still Chet, have the You picked same. Chet and traded three yeah. uh, for number 11. You you took J-Dub at 12. Like, if this was pre-draft, I think Thunder are at number one. Yeah, uh, 100%. And they both have 14 firsts. That's the, that is important to point out right away. The difference is that Utah has more unprotected firsts. Uh, Oklahoma City's picks have a lot of top 10, top 14, top 6, top 4, etc. protections on them. Yeah, and Minnesota unprotected picks are always good. Always good. Now, I don't think... Something that I think are a little bit overrated are the, are the three unprotected picks from Cleveland in 25-27-29. Evan Mobley is going to be 28 in 2029. I assume that whatever team Evan Mobley is on is going to be pretty damn good. Yeah. I don't value those picks quite as highly as, as some people might. Yeah. yeah. Um, he has the Thunder at number two. Um, players on roster previously from previously acquired picks, Jang, J-Dub, Trey Mann, Poku, Teo Maldon, Aaron Wiggins, Vasily Michich, Darius Baisley, and JRE. The Thunder have all seven of their own first-round picks. They have two unprotected picks from the Clippers, 24 and 26, two top four protected from Houston, 24 and 26, a top 10 protected from Utah in 2024, that rolls over to 2025 as top 10, and then 2026 is a top eight. A top 14 from Miami, and then in 2025, it rolls over to unprotected in 2026. A top six protected from Philly, that rolls over to top four in 2026 and 2027. Swap rights with the Clippers in two years, and swap rights with the Houston Rockets for one year. Uh, the Thunder just have a lot of stuff in their arsenal as far as young promising players and draft picks when it comes to constructing high level trade packages i really like what the thunder have um if you're talking just draft selections you probably lean utah yes but if you're leaning draft picks plus young promising talent i think you have to look oklahoma city's way i think that's a pretty easy choice and uh i, I think two teams from the picks that Oklahoma city own really stand out as being extra valuable. Uh, one being the Clippers in 2024 and namely 2026. I'm kind of, I'm really curious to see what the Clippers look like in 2026. Um, and then two top four protected from Houston in 2024 and 2026. Uh, I think, I don't think they're going to be a bottom four team in 2024 uh, and especially 2026. So those, those picks could be really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, 2024, you hope Houston is progressing, but not out of the lottery yet. Mm-hmm. And you end up getting like pick six, seven, eight from them. Right. You yeah. Know? Um, I think that that later Houston pick, the 2026 one, um, they might be pretty decent then. I mean, you might mm-hmm. be looking at like pick 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah. Ooh, excuse me. But that 2024 for Houston, it's kind of interesting. As the as time goes on, I think the Houston picks tend to get less valuable, whereas I think the Clippers picks tend to get more valuable the farther out we get because one's a young team and one's a veteran team. Mm-hmm. So I, I I don't know. 
I just think that is interesting. Uh, at third, they have the San Antonio Spurs, who have their own picks, two unprotected from Atlanta, a top 16 protected from Charlotte, top 10 from Chicago, swap rights with Atlanta, swap rights with Boston. Um, I think this is solely because San Antonio is going to suck and their own picks are going to be good. Yeah. And having two unprotected picks from the Hawks um, in 25 and 27, who knows what they'll look like. The Hawks have had one good season, Silva. Mm-hmm. They did make, what, an Eastern Conference Finals run or an Eastern Conference Semifinals run? Eastern Conference Finals, but, I mean, I don't like to put, I'm not going to, I don't want to put asterisks on their run. They made it to the ECF once. Yeah, and then yeah. the following year, they are in the play-in and then get their brain speed in. This was last season in yeah. round number one. And uh, they made some trades, but I, they just don't stick out as a, as a Stable. top team in the East. Yeah. They, they don't, so at yeah. what point do they? They're a team that kind of feels like they skip steps. One hundred percent. They could very easily be a playing team. There's a yeah. lot of good teams in the East now. They could very easily be a, a playing team. And so that twenty twenty five and twenty twenty seven pick, who knows what they look like at that point? Maybe mm-hmm. they've been in mediocrity for three or four years and decide to move on. Uh, and those picks could become very valuable for the Spurs. So uh, the next one on the list, team number four is the Pelicans. They have all their own picks. They have unprotected uh, pick from the Lakers 2024, um, or they can defer it to 2025. They have an unprotected Milwaukee pick. They have swap rights with the Lakers. They have swap rights with the Bucks. Um, not as many uh, uh, opposing teams, first rounders. Um, and those first rounders that they do have, like Lakers picks, they got really lucky this past year with the Lakers pick. The Lakers are kind of the exception to the rule. They can always retool whenever they want. Yep. Yeah, they I could think, be. They I think could the be Bucks like are going to be fine. The Bucks mm-hmm. are incredible. Uh, Giannis is incredible. As long as he is there, I don't think you're getting a good pick from that. No. Which is interesting to me because then Houston is at five. Houston have has some of their own picks, but some of them are owned to OKC. Maybe that's why he's got Houston so far down here. Mm-hmm. They have an unprotected Milwaukee pick, an unprotected two unprotected Brooklyn picks, and a lot of swaps with Brooklyn. Um, it remains to be seen if Brooklyn can be a functional NBA team, but they it's are. a destination market. Yeah. Um, so who knows? But the the picks that Houston own O OKC, I think, are very important here. Yeah. It. It just must be really unfortunate to not have full control over your own draft selection during a deep rebuild. Yeah. Which just makes that Russ CP trade even crazier, doesn't it? Nuts. Nuts. Like, I can't believe they got that for Russell Westbrook. I love Russell Westbrook. Mm -hmm. I cannot believe they got that trade back. And he was viewed as a better player than he is now when that trade was made. But, I mean, I feel like within a month, of the trade being made and that like the moment Chris Paul started playing for Oklahoma city, it was like, Oh, uh huh. they made a mistake, a huge mistake. And the thunder missed a, a golden opportunity, had a 48% chance to land pick number five from Houston in the, uh, the 2021 NBA draft, uh, pick number five that year was, uh, Jalen Suggs Suggs thunder probably would have taken Josh at five instead of six. Yeah. Um, but they would have also had pick number six. So you could be talking about like Kuminga. Uh, I think the Thunder probably would have taken Franz Wagner. I 100% agree. Yeah. Um, or they would have had five and six to trade. Could you trade to four and get Scotty for five and six? 
God, there that draft kind of haunts me in the middle of the night. There are just so many almosts. In that I know draft. The, the the odds said OKC was going to get two top five picks. That's yeah. what the odds said, uh, and it just didn't happen. Um, but if the Thunder landed pick five in that 2021 draft from the Houston Rockets, I think at that point, it's, I mean, every, the, the rush trade is seen. I think it's already seen as a success. But at that point, it's like, holy shit. Like, this is what they got? Yeah. I still think back to like, what if they got like two and five and they ended up with Josh and Evan Mobley? I w- yeah. That was a that. very real possibility. It was. Year. I, yeah. Wow. A very real possibility. Mm-hmm. That just the worst. Yeah. Hey, the, the luck will come back around. We, you know, we had some luck. We had, we had a lot of luck getting Chet. And then the opposite of that, when he uh, got the old Liz Frank. And then yep. <laughs> maybe next draft, the luck will come back around. After Houston, I'm just going to read through these last few. Uh, yeah, number yeah. six, they have the Knicks, who have their uh-huh. all their own picks and a ton of protected picks. Yeah. At seven, they have the Magic, who have their own uh, own picks. Um, a couple of uh, protected picks from Chicago, uh, a couple or one protected pick from uh, from Denver. You go on to the Indiana Pacers, who have uh, protected picks, one from Cleveland, one from Boston. Uh, both mm-hmm. convey next year. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know how great those are going to be. That's the downside of doing a rebuild like the Pacers always do a rebuild where it's like they sort of sort of do it. I mean, they, they got Tyree Talbert, which is a great start. But you would want to have more assets than what they have now if you're going to be as bad as they were last year. 100%. And they could still trade Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, mm-hmm. um, other guys off that team and get more assets. But um, not great for them. And they do have some some fun young players, though. Mm-hmm. So uh, overall, do you agree with OKC at number two on this list? I do. I do. For the criteria set by uh, old Bobby, yeah, I definitely agree with OKC being at two. Yeah. And, and again... This list is just based off of who has the best draft assets. I think when you combine young players and draft assets, uh, the the Thunder had the best combination of the two uh, to make a big-time trade down the road. 100%. Maybe they don't need to because J-Dub will be too good. <laughs> Maybe J-Dub is Jalen Brown. <laughs> Anything else for this episode, Silva? Any other big thoughts weighing on you? Um, you know, I'm really enjoying Rings of Power. That's, hey. my, that's my thought of the week. Same. And, and Hot D. The Hot D, the yeah. ROP. That's Rings of Power. Hey, here's a and really House fun one. Dragon. Can, here's a fun question from our chat we can we can do like very quickly from Gable Fulford. Who are the eight players you would take in an expansion draft? We can do the eight players easily. you would protect for you the protect, thunder. Protect, yes. Chet. Who are they? I got eight fingers up. Hold yep, on. Chet. I got I got eight fingers is. up. Uh huh. They're in train. Shay. Josh. Josh. J Dub. J Dub. Lou. Lou. Ooh. Trey. Usman. Usman. JRE. Right. I'm trying to think. Is there anybody else? We have. If, if this is right now, JRE. If it's not, if it if this is next summer, whoever the pick next year is. Yes. And that's it. Yep. And the Thunder may lose some guys in an expansion draft, like a Kenrich Williams or a Oh, that would hurt. Uh maybe someone would take uh Darius Baisley. 
Enjoy Seattle, buddy. I don't know. Also, Ryan asked, OKC win-loss prediction for the season. We will have a massive um, a bets podcast where we're going to bet on different things for the season uh, and a season preview podcast. So stay tuned for both of those coming within the next month, Ryan. So we're not going to answer that one right now. Sweet. I think that's all, Silva. I think so. Awesome. Hey, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate you. We know this was a little bit of a late one on a Wednesday night. We're scrambling a little bit, but thanks for joining us. If you haven't watched that 20-minute Thunder Pickup Run video, go to the Guard Whisperers YouTube channel. You can check it out there. It's freaking awesome. It's it's worth your time. Just go salivate over J-Dub and Shay for a little bit. We'll be back with you guys Sunday night, 9 p.m. Central Time. Make sure to join us here on YouTube. Sub to the YouTube channel. Until then, you guys have a great rest of your week. Take it easy. And as always, thunder up. Thunder up.